Savage. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. to a new episode of the Cloudgate Sports Podcast. We have got a lot of news to bring to you. March Madness is coming close. We got the tournaments uh, in full swing right now with my Notre Dame fighting Irish getting a big buzzer beater win tonight against Wake Forest. Uh, Always great to see. Uh, Got some Bears news. Uh, We did franchise tag A-Rob. We got some interesting things to talk about there. Kyle Long possibly coming back. Is he coming back to Chicago? We will talk about that. Also, fans allowed at the start of the season at both Wrigley and the rate, which is awesome to see. We will get into that. Uh, Blackhawks, big night. Patrick Kane's 1,000th game underway as we speak. They are still trailing 2 to nothing. correct, Pat? Yeah, still that, yeah, trailing. Yeah, but we did get to see Jonathan Taze tonight, which was awesome on a video. We will get into that a little later. NBA All-Star break. Bulls are looking good uh, going into the second half of the season. We talk about the All-Star game, what went right, what went wrong, all the good stuff. And then a little bit of college football in in March. So that'll be fun to talk about. And college basketball, like I said, full swing. March Madness is near. Great time. Uh, So we're going to get right into it with the Bears news. PT, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of, we're in this whole steady stream of kind of a little bit of information at a time. Um, we'll start off that today was the deadline for franchise tags that the uh, a team would have to uh, place a franchise tag on a player. Um, and the Bears came out and they franchise tagged Allen Robinson. Um, a lot of fans were reacting good to this. Uh, positives, Red Line Radio, Barstool Chicago, everyone was happy about it. Um, and I, honestly, I think we are happy about it as well. We love A-Rob. He's an unreal wide receiver. Um, and I think it also hurts us, too, not to watch him kind of get what he wants from this team that he loves because we know he loves him. So we'll just go into this a little bit. So he's going to make the um, highest pay contract for a wide receiver, which is 18 mil next year. Um, man deserves it. He does for sure. Uh, and then we'll go into also we don't think he's happy, and I don't think he's happy. If you go and look at his tweets, a lot of people are talking about him uh, liking some tweets, not specifically tweeting, but liking tweets, what he likes to do a lot. Um, one was about um, someone was tweeting in references to Kenny Galladay and how he was free, um, and he liked that, which is never a good sign. And then someone also tweeted something on the lines of free agents, uh, franchise tags suck. Um, so that's never a good sign. So to build off that, a lot of people are talking about how the Bears placed a franchise tag on Allen Robinson to get picks, trade them away. And you know what? I think it's honestly, if that's how Allen Robinson feels um, and he wants a fresh start, I think it's the best for both sides. Bears get some draft stock. 
which we desperately need, especially if we're going to go on and talk about the Russell Wilson rumors or anything else in that aspect as well. Um, so I, you know, I'm happy that he's here technically for another year. We'll see what happens after that. Um, but how are you guys feeling about this? Yeah, you yeah. know what? With A-Rob, I love that he's back for another year. We kind of touched on it beforehand that if the Bears get a real solid quarterback, I mean, A-Rob would just absolutely be an animal. But we have to get a solid quarterback first. So right as of now, I think it's tough for, to see A-Rob playing next year with the Bears. I like the idea of a trade uh, that could boost our draft capital. But if we do somehow get a Russell Wilson-type quarterback, I think it's just going to be great for both sides. A-Rob's going to play with an actual quarterback. He'll be a free agent next year. He'll get really paid because Russell Wilson will be feeding him all year, or whoever it is. But I, I like it. I like it from both sides. But again, right now, I don't see A-Rob really playing with the Bears next year unless we get a solid quarterback. Yeah, and here's the way I kind of interpret this, is looking at it from a perspective of Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace said that he, it's a two-way street, and it 100% is a two-way street when negotiating a contract. But who do you believe? Because Pace say, is saying it's a two-way street. You have A-Rob saying that the Bears haven't even reached out to him. So Pace is out here trying to cover his own ass, but who knows? Maybe the Bears didn't even reach out to him. So it's it's a completely sh- shitty situation, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The last thing I wanted to happen was for this A-Rob situation to turn into a situation like Alshon Jeffrey did and like Brandon Marshall did, and this is exactly what's happening. Poor communication from both parties leads to a wide receiver that's playing for a team that he doesn't want to play for. He loves the city. He loves the fans. He loves playing in Chicago. Same thing with Kai Wong. He's not going to play for the head coaching staff. He's not going to play for the higher-ups. He's not going to do it, and I wouldn't blame him. Allen Robinson has been the one shining light on our offense over these past two years. He deserves every bit of money, and the Bears are basically just saying, fuck you. And, like, Ryan Pace is saying, oh, we love, we have a history of extending our players. But, like, what are you doing? This is one of the best wide receivers we've had in our offense for years. I mean, he's hands-down better than Brandon Marshall was, hands-down better than Alshon Jeffrey was. And you're just going to let him walk like this? I mean, man, if if, if it comes down to uh, McCaskey just want to open up his, his checkbook, that's a fucking joke. You have one guy that drive, loves Chicago, loves the city. Like, who the fuck wants to come play in Chicago where we have a great summer, but, like, playing this horrible weather, leaving Jacksonville, having the opportunity to go to so many other places. If somebody has, is, has a great passion for playing here and you're just going to let him walk like that and treat him like shit, man. Like, granted, we'll never know the full story as to what happened behind those doors. If Alan's, if Alan and his agent were, were not communicating or Pace and those guys weren't communicating, we'll never know. And it's gonna, always going to be a story of, of which side are you going to choose. But at the end of the day, you have a star wide receiver that loves playing this town, and you're not going to respect him like that. It's a joke, and this is, it's, this is going to be a great segue in what we talk about Kyle Wong. It's, it's going to make a bad aura around Chicago when it comes to our front offices like it does with every organization that we have in Chicago. So I might be wrong on this aspect, but if I've read some of the things I've read correctly, um, I don't think that it would have been financially financially okay for the Bears to sign Allen Robinson to the money he needed um, because we have so much money tied up in other players such as Eddie Jackson, Roquan Smith, um, and, and you make a great point, too. I, Pace says that he's, 
we love extending players. I can't remember the last time they've extended a player except for Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Uh, maybe Eddie Jackson got his contract. Sure, okay. Um, but this merry-go-round of wide receivers in Chicago has got to end. Um, and you know what? And, and I think the only way that it ends is, like we said, um, and we'll segue into the Russell Wilson rumors. Um, and the rumors are that the Bears will go all in to get him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not even mad about it. Um, I, I, I don't hate it. Um, and especially if the Bears are going to do what I think they're going to do, I think they're going to trade for Russell Wilson, and I think they're going to turn right around and try to tra- trade Allen Robinson right out of the door, kind of kick him right out of the door, which will be interesting to see what happens with that as well. Um, so I think I think it's kind of a mess right now. It, it's always a mess. You guys know that. All, all everybody that listens, Chicago fans, you know it's always a mess. Nothing's never nothing's never fucking peaceful. Um, they always say it's a business. It sucks. It is what it is. Uh, but you know what? I would love to see Russell Wilson in a Bears jersey more, uh, more than I guess Allen Robinson in a Bears jersey next year because I think we need to start building around a quarterback. We see all these teams making it far in the playoffs because they have a quarterback that can do something, you know. Um, Especially and a, a quarterback, quarterback like Russell Wilson. Him. Exactly, exactly. You have a you have a solid online line um, that he he's gone gone out of his way to say that he likes um, is, is is another great sign too. Um, boys, what what do you think about this Russell Wilson stuff? I want it so bad, PT. It's crazy. Uh, I am with Pace 100% saying that they're all in. I would be all in, too. I mean, if you think about having a franchise like the Chicago Bears, one of the biggest football franchises throughout the league, and you can't definitively say that this quarterback is the best in your franchise's history because we've had so many mediocre quarterbacks, especially in the last... 30 years, 30, probably even more. I mean, the only, you got, you got the older people saying, you know, Jim McMahon, he's the guy, he's the Bears quarterback throughout history because he got us the ring. But you know what? Besides that, who do we got? We got Kyle Orton, who was solid for a couple years. Sexy Rexy, who took us, who kind of took us to the Super Bowl. It was more the defense that year, but. I want a quarterback. I want a quarterback that I can look at in 10, 15 years and be like, hey, we had a quarterback that was one of the top in the league. When was the last time we even had a quarterback? Have we ever had a quarterback really lead a league in anything? Whether that be Hon- touchdowns. Honestly, or- like we talk about like top quarterbacks in Bears history, and obviously for us, we know who Jim McMahon is from the 85 Bears. We obviously know Sexy Rexy, Orton. Uh, Jay Cutler, to be honest with you, I don't think, I'm not, no, don't quote me, I'm not sure if Jim McMahon is in the Hall of Fame. No, he's not. But, like, the most, I feel like the most legendary quarterback for the Bears is Sid Luckman, and that's in the late 30s, early 40s. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, like. But it's not like any of us were watching him. No, no, not at all. It's just, like, you don't have, you don't have that quarterback. Yeah, I guess, like, you and today's it's kind of like turning in the NFL almost where you need or not the NFL the the NBA where you need to build around one guy you need to, you need to ride it out with that person. And I mean I guess I'll kind of get into it like I am terrified of this this Russell Wilson trade absolutely terrified the the fact of the thought of giving up somebody like Hicks and three first rounders for a 32 year old quarterback terrifies me. You know. I feel like it's got to be, it's gonna, for me, it's got to be like a Band-Aid. You just get to fucking rip it off and do it. 
and I'll kind of come to terms with it at some point. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, this is the way I view it. You have Russell Wilson, who's 32. He's got a very experienced quarterback. He knows how to win. You have Deshaun Watson, who's, what, 24, 25, 26, probably? Yeah. He's got some playoff experience. He's, he knows how to win to a certain extent. He knows what a bad organization is like. My only my only caveat with him is that he's got that bad knee. So, like, at that point right now, if you're asking me if you want to trade three first-rounders and a high-quality person for Russell or or uh, Deshaun, I, I don't really fucking know because I have to weigh, like, Russell's age versus Deshaun's torn ACL. But I guess it, what makes me sleep a little bit better at night now is knowing that we're probably going to trade Allen Robinson, and if we do do that, Allen's probably going to be the star. I don't think, no, I would hope to God we are not trading Hicks and Allen in the same package. So that's my only way. Like, if we're going to trade, I'm fine with Allen Robinson being our star person in that trade package. As I didn't want to lose Hicks, I obviously not Roquan, any of those guys at E4. I'd rather not lose. If Allen doesn't want to play for us, we'll make that trade. And I, the picks were really scares me because we're leveraging our future on one person. Where I'll say this right now, and I hope you guys agree with me. We add Russell Wilson. We are not a Super Bowl team. We are not. We are not a NFC North lock champion if we add Russell Wilson. So I like, don't know, Pat. I, I don't know. You think so? So Mahoney made a great point to me earlier this week. Um, fans were not concerned about giving up first round picks because Ryan Pace just blows ass at drafting the first round. But also, we give it this way too. If we make this trade, this is this is Pace and Nagy's last year. They have to go balls to the wall. They have to prove something to Chicago or we're going to fucking storm Soldier Field in the revolt. Mm-hmm. I don't want the fact of if Pace. If Now, Pace is locked up for five more years, and we know for a fact he's not getting canned, then fuck it. But, like, knowing the fact that there's a potential of us firing him and getting a new GM, that our new GM doesn't have a first-round pick for three years, that's what scares me. Yeah, and I think when you, when you look at that, too, and about job security within Pace – that almost kind of points you right to the thing, you know, Pace is known to be a little bit of a snake, um, and he might do anything in his power and not care about the future to save his job for the next five years. And if that's the trade, tr- make a huge bang blockbuster trade for Russell Wilson, um, I, I, I think that he most definitely would do that. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's absolutely crazy. I, I think I would love it. Um, I think I think a and especially if we can add Allen Robinson in this trade, Ryan Pace will look like a god because he, he franchise tagged him, didn't let him walk, and secured all our other like star quote unquote star players. I think that would be another great move on Ryan Pace's part. Um, but if you guys know anything else on that, we'll go into the last kind of Chicago Bears news we have. Um, we kind of mentioned it earlier today. Announced uh, someone announced that Kyle Long will be returning uh, to the NFL. Unfortunately. Uh, he did an interview with Redline Radio about a month or two ago, yeah. um, talking about everything. He's he loves the city of Chicago, loves the fans. Um, even in the background of the Zoom call, he had a huge Bears flag. He always tweets about the Bears, but he said he will never ever play for the Bears ever again in his career due to the coaching staff in the front office. Um, it's just someone that he can't can't deal with, and he doesn't want doesn't want to. Um, so that's a little bit concerning. Um, but we do wish him all the luck. I saw that he's weighing 315. It's the healthiest he's been. He's the nastiest he's ever been. So I wish him the best of luck. Um, and I think he'll he'll find a home very quickly. Yeah, 
Uh, it, it definitely stings a little bit to know how bad the front office and coaching staff can be to some players. I know Kyle Long didn't have the best last couple years in Chicago. And I know that there is some fights during the preseason practices or whatnot, but he was still a solid player and somebody who probably would be very solid with our offensive line uh, this upcoming year. But you know what? Like you said, PT, we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, it, it doesn't look like he's coming back to Chicago. So wherever he does go, we, we wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Long definitely has a soft, a soft spot in my heart. I mean, he's an Oregon guy, right up my alley, offensive lineman. Dude just didn't give a fuck. He was an absolute badass, badass in the field, on and off the field. Was going to tell people how he felt. It was an absolute menace when it came to lining up on the line in the trenches. Nothing but love and respect for him. And he'll he'll find a new home. He really will. Um, me personally, I'd love to see him go. If, he, if Kyle was smart, Grant, I don't really know how, how he feels right now. If he, if really, his his biggest thing with Chicago was, yeah, he had didn't really dis- or he disagreed with our front office, but he was injury prone as all hell when the last couple of seasons on his contract. He can stay healthy, man. If you really want to do it, go fucking go take a backup job. Go to go to Buffalo. Go to Cleveland. Cleveland's got all five of their offensive line returning this year. Go take a backup job, man. Just go go win a fucking championship and party your ass off. I do imagine him and Baker on the same team. Even if, even if he's not starting, that's just a, that's just a duo right there. Yeah. So I love him to death. You know, it sucks hearing bad things come out of the Bears front office, but I, you know, I'm not shocked anymore. And I'm happy he's got the balls to actually come out and say something. You know, he's the type of guy where he and we when he says this, we all know it. He loves Chicago and he wants to come back so bad, but he's not the type of guy to put up with any bullshit. You know, and I respect the fuck out of that, and I hope I hope he has a great, uh, you know, great comeback to the NFL. I hope he stays healthy. The dude's an absolute menace, man. If he can stay healthy, he'll be a force to be reckoned with on the O-line, and I got nothing but love and respect for him. Definitely. So that does it with all of our Bears talk. We are moving on to baseball with spring training in full swing. And one of the first bulletins I want to talk about is, have the White Sox won a game yet? Uh, They have won one game. They tied in three. But I do want to stress this, because I'm seeing shit on Twitter and pe- people are like, oh, I'm worried we're not winning spring training games. Like, shouldn't we be winning these? It, do- it doesn't matter. Win-loss, tie. It doesn't matter in spring training. Spring training is just about getting these professional guys reps before the season starts so they can feel comfortable. We saw today, perfect example. Lance Lynn had bases loaded with nobody out. Got three straight strikeouts to get out of the inning. That's good for his buildup for the season. Uh, don't worry about performances too much. I, I honestly don't think, I think I saw something today, that all of the runs given up by uh, White Sox pitchers this spring training, besides one or two, have been guys that aren't going to start the uh, season up on the majors. So take it with a grain of salt. Enjoy these games, enjoy watching baseball, and don't don't dread too much about the season, about performances. It's just about everybody getting healthy and just getting back into the swing of things. We already do have an injury report, though, with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Yasmani Grandal did hurt his right knee, twisting it during a practice. Kind of concerning, considering that 
he's going to be our go-to guy as soon as the season starts. We don't have James McCann anymore backing him up. We will have a younger Zach Collins and possibly an older Jonathan Lucroy, who has been getting a lot of reps in spring training. Uh, Grandal's taking it easy. We don't want to rush him too much. But reports are saying that he should be 100% by the time the season starts. So don't don't worry too much. That's just basically going to be my main thing talking about both these baseball teams. Don't worry too much. Don't stress too much about things. Now, I would stress on getting ready to buy some tickets for the season because both teams will have 20% uh, stadium capacity, which is absolutely awesome to hear. And if you haven't had the opportunity, please go on to Twitter. Look at the Lori Lightfoot edits of uh, her throwing the first pitch and just people hitting absolute piss missiles off of her. It's absolutely hilarious, and it'll definitely make you chuckle. Uh, anything you boys got so far on spring training? No, oh, yeah. Fans that are freaking out already about this, they need to relax, okay? Um, it's spring training. It's supposed to happen. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Honestly, if 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 these people are freaking out, they just they just need to stop. They need to stop being fans. Um, and they just need to understand that everything's going to be okay. Uh, they're, they're just making sure that everybody is prepared to win games when it really matters. Having 20% at, at the baseball games means so much uh, for the upcoming, even Chicago Bears, uh, Bulls, Blackhawks, everybody. So we're seeing small steps to having fans back in the stadiums, and that couldn't be better. Um, and I hope that I definitely can uh, make sure I make a couple games this summer for sure. Hopefully the tickets aren't too expensive, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Oh, buddy, uh, have I heard some of these prices? Holy I fuck. Can't, I can't even imagine. I, I don't even want to know. Um, because I, I think it will deter me from not wanting to go to the games. But you know what? It, it's getting close. So you, you have to be there. Um, but you know what? I'm excited. Um, and then, you know, those videos of Lori Life definitely made my day for sure. I definitely enjoyed those. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it, but with the Los Angeles Dodgers, obviously previous World Series winners, their tickets are sold out for, I think, like the first couple weeks of the season. And they're being resold on like StubHub and stuff for $1,300 a ticket for a bleacher seat. So if you got Yikes. the money in LA, go ahead. But that's a lot of fucking money. Dude, honestly, fuck StubHub, fuck Ticketmaster, fuck all those third party places, man. They're a bunch of scalpers and I can't stand it. But I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'll admit I was one of the guys. That's why I put it in the script. I was a little bit worried we were getting shafted these these couple spring uh, spring training games. Concerned me just a little bit, um, but uh, it's good to know. Like I, obviously I understand we're we're playing guys that aren't going to be spending a lot of time up in the majors at least to start off the season. But uh, you know it's it's happy. Fucking Dallas has scored again. Uh, live update three to one Dallas with twelve minutes left in the in the second period. But uh, I mean. Baseball, I'm just happy for baseball to be back. Um, and moving into, obviously, we have a lot of hype around this season. Very excited for it. Fans in the stadium, man. I mean, it's 20% or 10% or 5%. I don't care. The fact we're going to have some ambiance in that stadium, man. Chicago, the fact that the, the Sox are really turning the corner right now, and there was a possibility of us not having any fans in there, like, it, it sucks to hear. So I'm happy we got uh, a little bit. We're making some headway when it comes to this COVID stuff. 
I mean, the, the videos Lori Flightfoot are absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Absolutely hysterical. I give her credit for, for making those videos and bringing the city together. Absolutely love it. But the edits are – Twitter's just an absolute goldmine. But uh, one thing that does suck a little bit, just a little bit, Brandon and PC, I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Um, no fireworks at the cell. Yeah, that was that was rough to that was rough to see. And but most importantly, at least in my eyes, no more dollar hot dog days on Wednesday games. Uh, so. Little little light at the end of the tunnel. They have been delayed, not officially canceled. If they do, do officially do. cancel them, we will be uh, we'll get White Sox Dave to lock himself on the statue again. I, as long as they're serving beer, I don't think a lot of people are going to be complaining. Yeah, that is true. Dude, for oh, me, oh, too, the, the White Sox uh, were named the most, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was them. like the most the drinks most. per game. Yeah. 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 Shout out to the Sox fans who are just getting obliterated in the stands. We love to see it. Yeah. Nothing definitely. nothing better than some, some White Sox fans getting obliterated on a 90-degree day in the bleachers with the sun beating down on them, you know? Yes. It's different. But, I mean, for me, for dollar hot dog days, the past couple years when the Sox sucked ass, Hop on the train for a round trip ticket, ten bucks. Buy a five dollar nosebleed ticket that you sneak down in the bleachers. Yep. And then you get dollar hot dogs in your time, man. You spend thirty dollars for a great night of baseball. It's exactly. a great feeling. Who cares if the socks win or loss, you know? Exactly. So it does suck and won't be a thing, at least for a little bit later on in the semester. But like I said, man, it's just happy to have baseball around again. Excited for the summer. Said overall in the world when it comes to COVID shit, it seems like we're turning the corner. So positive vibes only. Very excited for it. Yes. Uh, do you know what else I want to do? I want to be drinking in the Wrigley bleachers, watching my boy Jock Peterson continue to hit home runs. He has two home runs so far this spring. Uh, one of them was absolutely fucking demolished, and then the other one was a nice little piss missile into the uh, left center gap that cleared the fence. Absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, now some interesting news uh, with the Cubs with relief pitcher Pedro Strope. And I kind of want to get your guys' feelings on this. We saw it a little bit last year with the Indians suspending a couple players for breaking COVID protocol. We have already seen it so far this spring training with the Cubs suspending Pedro Strope uh, for violating COVID protocol. Uh, it was There was a post on social media of Pedro Strope with Indians outfielder Fran Mel Reyes. Both have been suspended by their clubs. Uh, with Jose Ramirez also getting suspended by the Indians, I'm unsure on what uh, he did to be suspended for breaking protocol. But Pedro Strobe did come back today, uh, being March 9th. His suspension is over. He's up, ready to go for spring training. Don't worry about it too much, but it is going to be interesting how the protocol goes for the rest of the season. And if the Cubs will continue to suspend players for breaking protocol, what do you guys feel about this season? Do you feel like they're going to continue suspending players? I mean, I think we all kind of know how we, how I feel about this personally because we kind of touched on it with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. We're kind of doing the same thing. Um, it's, 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 it's unacceptable. Um, it's your job to kind of keep everybody safe around you. The season's depending on everybody being responsible. Uh, and if you can't do it, you most definitely deserve to be punished for it. Um, and that's how I stand. And I give credit to uh, both those clubs that punish their players because they need to be held accountable if they want to have a flawless season. Couldn't, couldn't have said it any better myself. You need to, you need to make, I mean, it's, it's going to happen as much as you don't want it to. Somebody's going to fuck up and do it. 
you need to make an example. You need to set the tone early on in the season that you're going to pull some shit in a season where we need to be – everybody has to have each other's back. If we want to go out and play a full 162 games, we need to be on the same page. You got to set the example early, set the tone early, and I think, you know – as much as I'm going to hate saying this, I think you guys would probably agree with me. If this is going to happen, let it happen in preseason now. Set the tone now and punish them and let, the, let everybody know. No, I don't give a shit if you're Pedro Strope, if you're Ian Happ, if you're Hayward, if you're Rizzo, if you're Baez. You pull this shit, you're getting benched. Best way to go about it, set the tone early. And, and if, if everything goes to plan, we'll have a great, flawless season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some injury news with the Cubbies. Uh, Rowan Wick will not be ready for the start of the season. Uh, should be kind of like the Jace Fry thing. Should be about a month into the season when we see him starting to get back into action. And I know it is spring training, but we do have some free agency news. The Cubs agreed to a deal with Eric Sogard, who had a solid season last year with the Milwaukee Brewers. Could be interesting to see what he can do for this uh, Cubs team whether it's in the minors or if he will be uh, starting with the big league club. Lastly, the White Sox and Cubs did attend the Ioannis Cespedes' open tryout. It doesn't seem like either team is going to make a move on Ioannis Cespedes. There were seven other teams at the tryout as well. Fuck, Dallas scored again. It is now 4-1, to one, uh, Dallas. Uh, now, one last thing with the White Sox and Cubs, and I want – your guys' opinion on this? I don't think it was. I think it was a bad goal, considering uh, Pat's reaction. Dude, okay, I'm gonna f- fucking just rip into this right now. Malcolm Subban's been playing phenomenal lately. The dude gives up too many fucking rebounds, and two of the goals tonight have been off rebounds. It's drive me up a wall. Carry on, Brandon. All right. So Rick Hahn uh, did have an interview with the Sun Times yesterday, talking about the team's outlook for the season. And he did mention that the White Sox are done signing players for the offseason, which is kind of shocking for me. I would like for them to get one more bench bat, uh, whether that be, I already talked about it, Edwin Encarnacion, or really anybody else. Yasiel Puig, I wouldn't mind seeing, giving him a shot. But doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Han did say there is a very slim chance that they might throw some money at a unsigned player within the next week or so but it is highly unlikely. How, are you guys comfortable with how this White Sox team looks going into the season? I mean, where I'm at right now, um, I think I am, but there always is good security with adding another bat to our to our bench if it's needed. Yes. Um, it's, there's never a bad thing having more depth, um, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to signing another bench bat if we needed, um, but it doesn't sound like we're going to. Especially with COVID, too. You never know when shit might hit the fan. Depth is very important. Honestly, I think I'm fine where we sit right now, just based off the performances of Collins and, and Vaughn this all, and during the preseason. <clears throat> Especially Vaughn. Batman. He's been tearing Vaughn, shit up. Vaughn's ripping into the ball left and right. Me, personally, if we don't need to, I don't think we have to. Especially because Vaughn... Is he going to make the – yeah, I think he is going to make the top roster. He's going to be – he's obviously not going to be playing every day. So we'll have to see. Me personally, I think – I don't know. I think he might be our everyday DH to start the season. Uh, and I don't hate it then. You know? I don't either. I don't think we need that extra person. I don't think we need to have to spend that money. Based off what I've seen in the preseason, I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. So that does it with baseball. Oh, no, Pat's got one more thing. No. 
Uh, Brandon, so I can't let you go an entire podcast without getting you riled up, so I'm going to fucking do it. Perfect. Let's chat a little bit about Marquee Network and and NBCS. You guys can't see the look on Brandon's face. Right when I said Marquee Network, I'll say this. Barso Carlos has been very vocal about how he can't watch any of the Cubs preseason games. You're paying extra for Marquee Network, and you can't watch them live. Brandon was very vocal on Twitter a couple days ago about how not being able to watch a live Sox game. I mean, the MLB is shooting, you said it best themselves, they're shooting themselves in the foot, especially Cubs fans. Imagine paying extra and not being able to watch a preseason game. I have, I have, I have such a problem with Marquee Network, it's ridiculous. I think it's the stupidest fucking thing. I mean, so you get the Cubs, right? You get this big professional team. Marquee Network should be the Cubs Network. You should have Cubs TV shows, Cubs whatever. At 8 o'clock on a Friday night, I think it was a week or two ago, they were playing some random-ass college basketball game from like two weeks ago that shouldn't have been on TV, yet they have the Chicago Cubs that I bet 75% or more of their subscriptions are Cubs fans because the Cubs moved to this network. There's no reason that you shouldn't have... I mean, I, I will say this. I will say this about NBC... I do have pro- some problems with NBC, but they do do a great job of having like sports TV shows on during the later hours. Uh, so I don't hate that, but Marquee Network needs to step their shit up, especially if you're going to have people uh, paying money for the subscriptions. And the there's the I love listening to people complain on Twitter about Marquee Network because people get so fucking fired up. The amount of times that I've seen tweets saying, you need to bring Marquee Network to YouTube TV, you need to bring Marquee Network to Hulu, why why aren't they already there? Like, why aren't you trying to build the brand and expand to other places and make more money? Just, it, it's not good. And now I'm going to get into another rant about spring training games. There is no fucking reason that the, these spring training games shouldn't be televised. I don't care. I, I said this to Pat. I don't care if they are filmed on a fucking iPhone on a tripod. There is no reason that these games should not be televised. It's money. They're money makers. They make you money. Uh, that why would fucking Dallas just scored again? Holy shit! Dude, we need to pull Subban. Holy shit! Go ahead, Brandon. Okay, but two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. What are you gonna have on TV? when your professional sports team is playing a preseason scrimmage game against another team. Couldn't see Lance Lynn's first outing of the spring because they weren't televising it. We also couldn't see our newly uh, closer uh, pitch in his first spring training game either because that game wasn't on TV. There's no excuse. MLB always complains that they need to uh, grow their brand. They need to make it more popular. They are missing opportunities left and right. They already missed a huge opportunity last year, but just shit's getting bad, and they need to figure it out. I mean, like I said, I couldn't let you go a whole episode without getting a little pissed off, and I know yeah. you're going to be a little vocal about this. But, I mean, for me, at least, like, watching I, – I think I've watched two games so far this season just because I'm working or I have class during the games. So I'm just paying attention to my phone. But I know from our key network, I mean, a lot of the stuff they're showing is like the the Missouri Valley women's basketball games, like ISU women's basketball games. And I mean, listen, I understand the hopes aren't high on the north side for ba- or for baseball this year, but I mean, 
don't get me wrong. I love my Redbirds, and they're having the women's team is having a hell of a year this year. Going in the hoops in the heartland, but I mean, Marquee Network is the Cubs network. You exactly. need to put on the Cubs game, not Hawks games from three years ago or Derrick Rose's documentary for the hundredth time this week. I Great mean, documentary, but I've seen it too many times. Exactly. You know, you gotta you gotta read the room and the and Ricketts and that whole group. They're not reading the room when it comes to the marquee network. Yes. Okay. One one more thing. One more thing with marquee network. And Pat, you said it best. Read the fucking room. We are in the middle of a pandemic. People are stuck at home on Zoom, on Skype, doing meetings at home, doing schoolwork at home. They have nothing better to do than put the TV on. Mute the TV, have the game on in the background, paying attention to their schoolwork or meetings or whatever. But you know what? The game is still on. You are still making money. You are still growing the game. They need to do a better job on just growing the game. All I guess I have to say is I've heard nothing positive on the Marquee Network. Uh, and coming from Cubs fans, they hate it. And even other people are just like, what the fuck are they doing? Um, so that's that's never a good sign. Um, when you're trying to kind of start something like that, um, and I, I just don't understand it. Why? Why the fuck are there not spring training games on on TV? Yes. People want to watch it. All you see is people asking, "Where can I watch this? How do I watch this? I want to watch this." The MLB is royally fucking this whole thing up. It's it's it's, it's insane. I think that the three of us combined probably run the MLB a little, little bit better than what they're fucking doing right now. Agreed. It's, it's embarrassing. And I just don't get it. You, you sit there and wonder, item after item that they come out with, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. And that's a whole other rant. We all know how we feel about the MLB and the commissioner and everything like that. It's just a mess. It is. It is definitely a mess. So thank you, Pat, for getting us all uh, <laughs> wired up and angry. Uh, so now we're going to get down to the Chicago Blackhawks, who are now down 5-1 to one against the Dallas Stars. Yeah, so let's, let's stray away. I mean, what the fuck? Like we were we were going to have a positive Blackhawks talk, and now they're down 5-1. to one. Yeah, it went to shit real quick. Maybe we should record it before the game today. <laughs> um, yeah. But regardless, the Hawks are down 5-1 to one right now. These are crucial games against Dallas, because Dallas, is, I, Dallas has COVID issues to start off the season. So they played, like, I think it's six games less than we have already in the season. So the Dallas in the back half of the season, they're going to be playing a lot of back-to-back games. I think it's 40-some games in 60 days, something crazy like that. Um, so these these this series against Dallas means a lot points-wise for us because it, it, there's a possibility. I personally don't think Dallas is going to make a run for that four spot in the Central. They are more than capable of doing so. I personally don't think so. So winning these games early on in the season right now mean a lot. And the Hawks are just getting – I mean, they're, they're losing from me paying attention to the recording as well as my TV. And, I mean, it looks like the Hawks aren't even trying to win right now, which it sucks because tonight was Patty Kane's special night. Uh, 1,000 career game for Patrick Kane. I mean, I remember watching him. I'm sure you guys do too. First number one draft pick in the 2007 draft. Uh, in my opinion, he is going to go down as the greatest American to ever play hockey. He's the face of USA hockey. Um, I mean, I've, we've watched him grow. For me, you look at the pictures on Twitter and Instagram of him, his first season with the Hawks compared to how he looks now. He's got a kid. He's married. It's just a completely different thing, and it's been an absolute honor to watch him play these thousand games. And my roommate said it best, that we're never going to see anything like this in our lifetime. 
we're never going to come across a player like this to wear a Hawks jersey in our lifetime. And, I mean, he, like I said, he's going to go down as the greatest American to ever play. Um, but uh, so going on to this 1,000 game, a lot of good new, or I would say a lot of positive vibes around the organization. A bunch of former players reaching out to Kane and congratulating him. Um, most notably, our captain Jonathan Taze did reach out, sent a video in to the to the Hawks organization. I will say this: that Taze looked pretty good physically. Um, like I said, we're not going to address any rumors about what's going on with him. We just wish him none the best. He does look pretty good at the moment. So happy to hear from him. Obviously, we haven't heard from him since that statement was originally released that he wasn't going to be playing for a short period or a decent amount of time. Did we even hear that from him? It was just an announcement, right? Just an announcement through the Hawks organization. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the last sort of contact we've had about him. So, so what, the last time him. we actually saw Taze was when we lost in the playoff game, right? Physically, yeah, yeah. probably. That's up until now. And, like I said, he looks pretty good. Um, I would say a pretty cool note, too, is Patrick Kane came out today. And, obviously, he was trolling Twitter a little bit last Fucking night into anticipation for his 1,000th yeah. uh, game. But he did come out and say that, you know, I thank you for all the good wishes and, and the 1,000 game congratulations. We're not going to celebrate till we can pack the Madhouse Mass with all 22,000 people. So once you know, the world goes back to normal, we'll have an official ceremony for him in Chicago, which is going to be an awesome moment for him. Um, so, I mean, hey, like I said, it's a little bit of nostalgia for me. Honestly, I kind of feel like we're 21, 2021 right now. I feel a little old thinking about Patrick Kane playing in the league for 13 years and watching him grow from who he was yeah. and he is now. Am I the only one here? No, guys? I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's insane. I also cannot wait for the celebration of Kane's 1,000th game, and we get to look back on this 5-1 to one, uh, beatdown by Dallas. Yeah, it's not, not a good look. <laughs> no. But, uh, so, obviously, Stouch is really setting in with this team, man. We got Kane with 1,000 career games, and we have an absolute Blackhawks legend retiring last week in Brent Seabrook. You know, it's it's the worst way to go out is when you can't play due to injury. You just couldn't stay healthy, and he finally is like, you know what, I can't do it anymore, and I get that. I mean, most notably, that overtime goal – or was it overtime? Yeah, know. it was OT, yeah. It was OT, game seven, the Western semis against Detroit where he carries across carries the puck across the blue line, snaps one home from the point to win it, sent us to the Stanley Cup final. Absolutely legend, or no, that was that was to go to the Western Conference Finals actually. But still, legendary moment, Game Seven. I mean, again, I've been vocal about Seabrook these past two years, but I, you know, I think it was time for us to let him go because he was aging, couldn't really keep up defensively. Absolute legend of the game. I I think that I would hope they fucking retire number seven in the Raptors wins three Stanley Cups. It's gonna be interesting because uh, you know who else wore number seven? Chelios. Uh, Chelios, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We'll have to see you there, because Chelios, obviously, is a Blackhawk legend, too. But, I mean, Zebra watching all those highlights of him, same nostalgia feeling as Kane right now, you know? Um, you know, it's it, he's going to stay in the organization for sure. He'll be brought on as an ambassador, a coach for development, 100%. He's not going anywhere, but that day that he did um, announce his retirement, the Hawks were playing that night. Edzo was able to have a one-on-one with him uh, during the intermission. Shaw was there with him, too, having his back. So, I mean, he'll, he'll never leave Chicago. He took a full page out of the Sun-Times to say thank you to the fans. He'll never leave Chicago. He'll be in the organization for the rest of his life. But fuck, man. I mean, we've what we've Patrick Kane, 1,000th game. Zebra retires. Corey Crawford retires. Marion Hoster retires. Patrick Sharp retires. Yeah. That's what we grew up on, boys. I know. I know. It fucking sucks, man. It does it's suck. crazy, but, I mean, the outlook for this team – Looks kind of br- not at this direct moment. It doesn't look too bright, but overall, man. A- ask us still- like an hour or two ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's the outlook on this team is bright, and let's kind of bring it in that bright spot. Is Kirby Doc is still anticipated to not play this season, which I think is completely fine by me. I think there's no reason to rush him back into the season by any means. But he is traveling with the team from now on, and he is now skating and practicing with us, which is great because with a broken go out and get that conditioning, which is obviously super important for a sport like hockey, any sport really. Um, now he's he's got enough strength in that wrist to start, you know, taking the stick out and giving some, like uh, some puck handling drills and stuff and such. We did I did see a video of him doing some cross ice saucer pass drill, and you could definitely tell he's not 100 percent that wrist, definitely not. And there, like I said, there's no reason to bring him back. Cowden said it too. He's traveling with the team so he can practice, kind of get his feet back underneath him, but he's not coming back anytime soon. But he, you know, for a young guy like that, he loves to be around the team. He's been itching to get back, and I'm happy to see that for him. What do you guys got on Doc? Yeah, you know what? It's just great to see him out on the ice doing his thing. Uh, but I do want to shed some light on the number seven because there have been a lot of debates uh, throughout Twitter that I've also joined in on. Uh, in my opinion, between Brent Seabrook and Chris Chelios, there's a couple differences. First being... One of them didn't go to the rival Detroit, so that that's one. And the second one is one brought us three cups. So I think it's kind of obvious on who's number seven we should be retiring. But uh, Chris Chelio is still a uh, Blackhawks legend, so shout out to him. But it's awesome to see Doc practicing. Uh, it is nice to see that for the future of this team. Uh, good thing to build on. Again, don't want to rush him. Uh, if he's ready by, if we make the playoffs, if he's ready by then, awesome. If not, no reason, absolutely zero reason to rush him. Uh, he he would need to be 100% healthy, uh, in my opinion, for them to actually let him play in the playoffs. Uh, but seeing Jonathan Taze was absolutely fantastic. Kind of caught me off guard. I refreshed Twitter, and I see Jonathan Taze's face, uh, which was awesome to see. Uh, great to see him in the spotlight once again. And just shout out Patrick Kane. I mean, shit, I can't believe it's already been a 1,000 games. Uh, can't believe it's been that long. But he's going to keep trucking along and keep doing his thing. And the Blackhawks are hopefully, after tonight, going to get back on the horse and keep things going. Pat, you said it perfectly. Like, nostalgia. Like, these guys we grew up watching and, like, 75% of my fondest sports memories includes Patrick Kane. Um, so it's just incredible to kind of follow him on this jersey, this this jersey, this journey, um, and just kind of watch him develop and accomplish all these goals, 400 goals. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, so shout out to him. We love him. And also Brent Seabrook, uh, a little tearjerker, I would say, watching the kind of that video that the, the Blackhawks posted. Um, he was so good to us, and like I said, kind of included with Patrick Kane. He's he's in those fondest sports memories that I have growing up as a kid, um, and we wish him the best of luck after hockey. Um, you know the Blackhawks love to kind of keep those players in their organization. Um, Brian Campbell is a really good example. I think he'll be right there with those guys in player development, and he wouldn't be he'd be one of the best guys to have. So I'm glad to hopefully see that he's included into that kind of stuff. Um, and then Kirby Doc, man, is I think that there's no need to rush. I think we kind of talked about this this season is um, not as important um, 
as it's kind of been, uh, it's, there's no need to rush it back. And there should be no question if they think if they want to play him that he's not hurt at all. So no need to rush back um, and just keep on pushing. We kind of talked about how we're going to have these ups and downs this season. So just keep on pushing through small steps and we'll, we'll get to where we want to be eventually. So let's kind of wrap up the Hawks talk segment here. Uh, really cool moment. Obviously, Eddie Olchek does have a contract with NBC uh, Sports, so he does have some national game uh, priorities that he has where you can't call a Hawks game on NBCSN Chicago. So next man up, obviously, Steve Conroy finds his way into the into the booth with Pat Foley every once in a while. Patrick Sharp taking taking the jump for calling the game with NBC. With I mean, dude, Sharp and and I I was pissed because I didn't realize that it was a national game and a Chicago game. So me and my roommates were watching the national game. We didn't even get to hear any of Sharp's uh, comment, commentation. But him and Foley, man, I mean, and I'll, it's a great segue to my next point, too. If Edso doesn't find his way back in the, into the uh, into the booth with, with Foley due to some uh, upcoming contract stuff, which I'll touch in a second, Pat, Patrick Sharp, man, I, I could get used to him and Pat Foley. You know, he, he's a great, great personality, sharp as all could possibly be. Obviously, he's won, a, he's won a bunch here in Chicago. He loves Chicago. So it was really cool for us to see him call a game alongside Pat Foley. But moving to that next point, let's start talking about the NHL and their TV contract. They're currently under contract with NBC Sports. NBC Sports is about paying $200 million annually for the uh, the rights of the NHL. Now, with that being said, you have guys like Doc Emmerich, who just retired, Pierre Maguire, uh, Eddie Olchek, a bunch of legendary names are able to call these games, right? Allegedly, now this isn't confirmed yet. There's at the NHL, at least the NHL has not come out confirming this. ESPN seems dead set that this is a dead, this is a set deal, a seven-year deal where any ESPN will now take over the rights to the NHL. Here's the way I interpret that: for the game of hockey, this is a huge win, huge win. ESPN is known for hockey, or ESPN is known for its number one sports like channel or whatever you want to call it in the world. This is a great place for hockey to be. The ESPN, my dad, if you're, my dad, if you're listening, you're gonna. I, this is just from you hearing you complain about it for however long. The NHL or ESPN is non-existent on on ESPN. I mean, you. He's, I mean, growing up, I'd see Barry. Barry. Uh, oh, guys, help me out. Barry Melrose. There we go. Barry Melrose on ESPN with Nan, Stan and Neil or SVP all the time, every night talking hockey. Now you see Barry. I think it's the first time I saw Barry a couple nights ago in forever. But the big deal there is that Barry Melrose has he does have his own hockey show on ESPN, but it's ESPN Plus. So you have to pay for it. So having hockey come to ESPN and putting as much spotlight as you possibly can on it is a huge win for the sport. And I mean, if if NBCSN is paying two hundred million, I would imagine the ESPN's got to be easily north of three hundred million. Uh, so it's a great win. But with that being said, my only downfall with that is we're going to be losing guys like Pierre Maguire. Obviously, Doc Emmerich, like you said, he retired. Eddie Olchek. A lot of legendary commentators were not going to have in these ESPN games. That scares me a little bit because I don't know who to expect when it comes to ESPN. But overall, I think the, the positives outweigh the negatives significantly. I'll be interested to see what the final details come out within the coming days. Seven-year deal is what I've seen. Seven years with the NHL and ESPN. It's very exciting for me. We'll have to see what happens. What do you guys got on this? Uh, Pat, you said it best. This is absolutely huge for the game of hockey. Uh, getting on the national spotlight, uh, especially in America, 
because I think that's where the game needs to grow. Obviously, in Canada, hockey is hockey. That's the that's king in Canada. But in the United States, especially the last couple years, Pat, like you said, when we were younger, hockey seemed a little bit more prevalent on ESPN. Now it's taking a back seat to all the other sports. Uh, we're even seeing baseball take over uh, ESPN from the standpoint of hockey. Uh, NHL just, you don't see it on ESPN as much anymore. Uh, even highlights, I feel like they don't spend a lot of time on. I feel like they really just go quick with hockey and they want to focus more on whether it's football or basketball or whatever it may be. So for hockey to get a contract with ESPN and get some games on the national spotlight is huge. And you also got to remember too, with like sports bars and places like that, They'll just have ESPN on. It's not like, oh, we'll put on NBC. We'll have ESPN on. We'll leave that on all day, and then that's it. That's going to be huge for hockey when you have little kids at B-dubs or hammered adults at sports bars. Just having hockey on. It'll be it'll be awesome to see. Yeah, like you guys have kind of touched on, ESPN is kind of the center of sports. And if hockey can be continue to be included in that, I think it's a great move for the NHL. Um, it's kind of also kind of just touching on, I've always kind of preached that like ESPN is way too involved in basketball and I know they have a great deal with them, but I feel like every time I turn on ESPN, it's either, it's, it's just talk about basketball and then you have a little bit of NHL talk and or, uh, NFL talk and maybe a little bit now, a little bit more baseball. Um, so if we can continue to even out all the sports, I think it'd be much more enjoyable because every time I turn on the TV, um, and I hear first uh, first take talk about it's, it's just it's two hours of basketball talk and I'm and I'm just I don't care and I honestly it gets, just gets old because um, I talk about the same things every time. So if ESPN can kind of continue to balance out all their sports, I think it'll be a great great for both sides. Um, and you're right, Mahoney, it, it's going to be much easier to kind of find these games. Um, instead of searching for NBC Sports, Fox Sports, one, whatever, whatever they're on, you know, uh, you can just flip to ESPN. Everybody knows ESPN, so that's going to be a lot more um, an easier route for accessibility. So that's another great move that NHL can make. Yeah, and I mean, I think of it the way, you know, ESPN has done. I wouldn't say they've done a great job with Monday Night Football. It, Monday Night Football is hit or miss for me, it really is, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the people that are calling the games. I look at the uh, Sunday night baseball. It's hit or miss for me. The fact that they're talking to people, player outfielders while the fucking inning is going on drives me up a wall. I don't know about you guys. See, see here's the thing. Here, I love that shit. I absolutely I mean, love it. And you know what? The only knock that I have with ESPN with Sunday night baseball is that they continue to bring back Jessica Mendoza. Please stop bringing her back. I cannot stand listening to her on Sunday Night Baseball. A-Rod I love. I honestly, I think A-Rod's a great announcer. Yeah, so I mean, they've they've, they've done it. Like I said, it's hit or miss. Like, hit or miss for Monday Night Football, hit or miss for Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, obviously, like PD said, they're, they're very basketball-oriented. They have a big deal with the NBA. A lot of their shows throughout the day, uh, you know, first take, pardon the interruption, all that stuff. You're right. A lot of it has to deal with basketball and a little bit of baseball and a lot of NFL. NHL is non-existent on ESPN. And I truly believe that if you bring in the NHL to ESPN, you're not only shining more light on the sport, but you're gaining a whole new audience of people that really only go to ESPN for Barry Melrose, but they've probably fell off with that because they had to pay for ESPN plus. 
So I think it's a great move by the NHL. Hopefully this does uh, pan out. And I'm interested to see how much money is involved. Obviously, like I said, they have top 200 million annually, like NBC is doing. Um, who knows? You know, you see a lot of this, especially with the NBA. You see these big TV deals have a huge impact on the the cap space for the teams. The NHL, I think, is sitting around like eight, between 80 and 85, is where my guts tell me at the moment. Who knows what that will look like if this deal is signed? Um, but with that being said, talking about basketball and all that good stuff, let's dive into the NBA real quick with the Bulls. We've currently on the All-Star break, so it's been a very quiet on the basketball front. Zach Levine is his first appearance as an All-Star, which is great. I love Zach. He definitely deserved it, 100%. But Brandon and PT, I remember having this conversation at the same exact time last year, talking about the All-Star game. The All-Star game fucking sucks, and nobody can tell me otherwise. What's I mean, did you guys even watch – I'm going to be 100% honest with you. The fact that it was on a Sunday night was fucking brutal. Why would you have an all-star game on a Sunday night? Uh, Like, have it on a Saturday night, have it on a Friday night. Not on a Sunday night. I mean, no, I didn't watch it, Pat. I I didn't watch any of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting out on my balcony just kind of relaxing, and I'm like, I, I can see my TV. I might as well throw something on. I threw it on. I mean, I'll kind of go into my spiel about this. So due to COVID and everything, they tried to shorten up as, possibly, as, as much as they possibly can. So, yes, everything was on a Sunday night. Before the game, they did the skills competition, the three-point competition. They had the first two quarters of the All-Star game. They did the dunk contest, where some dude I never even heard of won it. And – then they wrapped up the game and that was that was it yes if you're gonna do everything in one night due to covid not a lot of people are allowed in the stadium i get that do it all in one night if you can make it work make it work for for the love of god don't let it be on a sunday night two the game the game itself the actual all-star game itself not any of the competitions it's, it's getting stupid. It's, it's, they need to reset, kind of like what the NHL did. At this point right now, you have LeBron and, and Durant picking teams, captains. They're picking teams. I mean, LeBron's team was LeBron, Giannis, Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Steph. It's fucking stupid. That's not fun. If you're going to change things up, go like the NHL format and do a three-on-three tournament. That's fun. I love watching that. Half Do like, like street ball. Half court, you have to take the ball behind a three-point line to clear it, do, do a three-on-three tournament. That will be way more much fun. Have you know, have five or six captains, Giannis, Durant, Harden, whoever you want it to be, and they pick whoever they want to happen. It would be so much more enticing to watch. And my biggest pet peeve is the dunk contest. Steph Curry wiped the floor with the three-point contest, as he should. He's going to go down as one of the greatest shooters to ever play the game. The dunk contest. I understand that a lot of the big name players don't want to be in it due to health reasons. They don't want to risk getting hurt. I I get that. I I've, I've kind of given up my my fight on wanting to see LeBron in the dunk contest. So I get it. So you have these young guys. Like I said, the guy who won it, I think he was from the Raptors. No, the Blazers. I think he was from the Blazers. Never heard of him before. The dude did a bunch of cool shit. It's very athletic. I love it to death. My biggest pet peeve, and I'm sure you guys will agree with me on this is that I feel like every dunk they do is a 48 or a 49 or a 50, and it's getting annoying because, yeah, these dunks are absolutely phenomenal, and the athleticism you need to do them is, is peak athleticism. But it's I feel like you just – if I were to go – if I was able to dunk guys and I went up there and just did a tomahawk dunk, I feel like I'd get a fucking 45 on it. 
Like just the way they grade it, it's not it's not fun anymore. The last enjoyable I was telling my buddy this the other day. The last enjoyable dunk contest I remember was I think sophomore year of high school. So what is that? Two five years ago, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. Yeah. That was hard fought, very creative. Scoring was kind of fair. Zach shouldn't have won that. Aaron Gordon when he sat down in midair and levitating and dunked and he didn't win it somehow. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like we talked, we talked about it last year. It'll, t- it'll say it again. They need to change something up. They need to do what the NHL did. All the All Star games, man. Baseball is the last, last little bit of hope we had before they changed it to where the All Star game had no impact on the World Series. I hate, I hate that. I really Honestly, wish it still had an impact. The, the Pro Bowl, it makes nobody gives two fucks about the Pro Bowl anymore. The All Star game for the NBA is going to be the next Pro Bowl. The well, NHL is honestly, still pretty fun to watch. if you think about it, to me at least, the only All Star game, obviously, I'll always watch the baseball All Star game, but the only All Star game that is true fun to watch is the NHL's. What what do you what are you guys feeling about that? Do you guys agree or what? So I'll come up with one thing that really I think that was positive that came out that was cool was seeing all like kind of like the kids' interactions with their parents. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, all those videos online was kind of like a, like really positive, and everyone liked to see that, of course. Um, but we're just beating a dead cow here. Everyone, they, they pass the ball down. They tell who wants to shoot the ball from three, or they throw a lob. And it's or just fuck like, it, they just throw up half-court shots and say fuck it. And it's like it's like watching like paint dry. It's, it's, it's brutal, um, and it, it's just awful. I, I hate watching it. it. Literally, like I'd rather do anything else watch that again i hate to say it but i just don't like it yeah 100% and you know what with the social media like coverage too i didn't see a lot about the, i saw the three point contest Steph mm-hmm. won i didn't see any highlights from the nba dunk contest and i barely saw anything from the game either uh besides the damian lillard hitting a half court shot and then somebody else followed it up i wasn't sure who but that's that's <laughs> That's all I saw over Twitter. Yeah, it's just, it's not fun anymore. So, Zach Levine absolutely deserved <laughs> to be in the All-Star game. I'm happy for him. With that being said, All-Star week is over. We're ready to move into the second half of the season, and there has been a big, big splash when it comes to free agency. Blake Griffin is now officially a part of the Brooklyn Nets. He's teaming back up with his Dunk City or Lob City, Lob City baby. teammate, DeAndre Jordan. He said it himself. He's not afraid to admit it. He's he's ready. He wants to win a championship, and he deserves one. Absolute hooper, a legend of the game. Again, another dunk contest moment. Nobody will forget him fucking dunking over a car. Like, you don't forget this type of stuff. Yeah. He's joining the – honestly, people are giving him a lot of shit for joining the, the Nets. If you're, if you're going to chase the ring, go for it. Because I guarantee you, if me and you or any of us right here were – any of our listeners, if we're Blake Griffin, man, and we had the opportunity to go join up in that Brooklyn team, fuck yeah. Why not? There's a sp- there's a spot for him. It's not like he's competing. I mean, I grant I don't know who their current power forward is, even, but Blake Griffin has developed into an ideal stretch forward who's developed a three-point shot. He fill in that position. You have a threat in the, in the paint in DeAndre Jordan. You have two absolute offensive masterminds in, in Harden and Kyrie. Blake Griffin, go do you, man. And honestly, if I'm rooting, if it comes down to the finals and it's the Nets versus the Lakers, 
I'm I'm, bo- I'm going for the Nets simply just because of Blake Griffin. I want to see him win a ring. I got nothing but love for him. Honestly, I'd like to see I like to see Kyrie win another one. I like to see Harden win another one too. I'd rather not see LeBron win one. Um, but I mean, hey, I think he's getting a lot of shit for it. But I, I support it 100. percent Yeah, uh, I love Blake Griffin. He's been one of my favorite players in the NBA for a long time now. Uh, I'll never forget when I got his. Uh, it was the Christmas Day jersey. Oh, what year was that? It was like 2014 or 2015 with the Clippers. You talking about like the sleeved ones? No, it was, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, those. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely loved Lob City. I mean, I, how could you hate Lob City? It was just straight electric. And uh, I just, I hate, I hate the super teams. But I, I get it though. I, I do, I get that. Blake Griffin wants to get a ring. Uh, didn't like what was going on in Detroit. Got the opportunity to go to Brooklyn. I wouldn't pass it up either. I just hate the direction that the NBA is going with the super teams. I personally don't mind that move, particularly just because I think he does deserve um, a ring for sure. Um, and you know what? I mean, it's. I, I'm getting so used to like these super teams. It's just like something. It's like you know what, whatever. I think it's kind of balancing out, though. I don't think it's as bad as it was. Like, oh yeah, it's definitely not as bad as it was. And so, I, and I actually really, we were talking about it too. I think ooh, is this chemistry gonna be okay with the Nets? And I think it's. I mean, it looks like it's going great so far. All you see is positive things coming out of the Nets. So good for them. Um, and they they're definitely a contender now. You gotta watch out for them. They're going to be really really good. It's, it's going to be an absolute blast to watch. I'm excited to see how the Eastern Conference pans out. The Bulls are currently, I think they're sitting in the 10th spot, but like 5 through 8 in the Eastern Conference right the now. Nine spot. They're in the 9th spot. 5 through 10 is an absolute free-for-all right now. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the back half of the season. Interested to see what Billy Donovan can do. Hopefully we see Laurie a little bit healthy. Hopefully we see a little bit more of Wendell Carter. Because he had a really, really, really rough stretch these past couple of games when getting absolutely bodied by Jokic and Embiid these past couple of games. So I'm happy to see what happens there. Which are but, which arguably they are the two best bigs in the league. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So interested to see where that plays out there. Trade deadline is coming up too. Um, I personally don't see the Bulls making any moves, honestly. I don't see anything happening. If anything, it might be Thad. And hopefully we get some decent return for him. Because I think that is going to be a type of guy that puts other teams, maybe like the Denver Nuggets or the Jazz, some of those teams, to put him a little bit more over the edge. Because yeah. he's a great dude coming off the match. He's having a phenomenal year. So we'll have to see that. But that wraps up our Bulls segment. I got to do a quick shout-out for college football. Like I said, the FCS is having their spring season because they didn't, weren't able to play in the fall. And obviously North Dakota State has been – they haven't lost a game since 2017. Yeah, they, they are a – Football powerhouse. And they kick ISU's ass every year. ISU will hang with them for a little bit, and then they just they, they can never finish off. And <laughs> week one of the FCS ter- uh, FCS season, ISU, had a, their game was canceled due to snow, which is a whole debacle, but I'm not going to get into it. Southern Illinois takes on North Dakota State University, the number one team the in the Salukis. FCS. The Salukis. And they upset them 38-14. to 14. They scored 21 points. Can, yes. yes. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. They were on top of ESPN, SportsCenter. They were all over the place. So awesome wave to start off the season. ISU, that was a great chance for them to 
really make a run for that top spot. But ISU has dropped the first two games. I believe our quarterback has had 10 turnovers in the first two games. So we're a little bit, a little bit rough down here in normal. But, hey, like I said, it's not the best type of football to watch. But waking up on a Saturday morning and being able to put on ESPN and throw on a, a, a shitty FCS football game, it's enjoyable to watch. But college football is not the main topic we're here to talk about tonight. PT, take it away with your fucking Illini and the NCAA basketball. Yeah, ILLs, all my Illinois fans out there. It's It's been a crazy past week and a half, um, starting off with Illinois going in um, to play Michigan. I even had them slotting, losing. Um, even if Iowa would play, rumors were kind of circling. I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, and then when they said that he was officially out, I was like, oh, shit, now it's going to be a blowout. And it, the game was absolutely electric. Yes, Michigan didn't play well. Um but, I mean, they, my dad said that they were showing signs of that 2005 team. That was the one seed that made it to the Final Four as well. Um, so this team's special. They're playing hot. They're playing well right when they need to. Um, hopefully they can carry it over to the Big Ten tournament and do some damage. They're the two seed behind Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. This is another controversy. There's, there's been some controversies in the Big Ten, folks. So um, Illinois is, if you look on ESPN right now in the Big Ten standings, they are technically – 0.5 a game ahead of Michigan. And Michigan was named the champions of the big regular season Big Ten. Um, and Illinois fans aren't happy, and they have a right to be. Michigan didn't play a full season. Yes, they had deal with, dealt with COVID issues. Um, but at the end of the day, you had, I mean, in my mind, you give the, the team that has the most wins the, the championship. So that's an issue. Um, uh, you know, there's always controversy already. with the Big Ten. Always, always. There's always something going on. Um, but I, I'm over it. I'm looking far, far, far in the future at the end of March. Um, hopefully we can do a lot more, make the Final Four National Championship. Who knows? Um, but a couple well, a couple other uh, – some sporting awards came out. Sporting News, uh, unanimous All-American uh, Iodesumu, second-team All-American Kofi Coburn. And the Big Ten had their awards out as well. First team, uh, Io and Kofi. Six-man award go, uh, went to Andre Corbello, who most definitely deserved that one. He was electric coming off the bench. Um, it definitely was a big big, uh, big help coming off the bench. And then honorable mention and defensive player of the year, Trent Frazier, another great defensive player that Illinois has this year. Um, it's about to get crazy. This is going to be a great week of college basketball. Um, like we said, the Big Ten, anything can happen. A lot of, I mean, there's there's so many different possibilities that can happen in this uh, Big Ten tournament. It could shake up a lot of things. I think Illinois has a lock in the one seed, which is crazy because 2005 when they made it to the final, they were a one seed as well, so that's a good sign. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm positive vibes over here, man. I'm just I'm just feeling good. Mahoney, I saw that Notre Dame. Yes, uh, big uh, buzzer beater to beat Wake Forest tonight. Yeah, that that's huge. They're moving along. Yes, um, they uh, play North Carolina in two nights, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. As we speak, um, I'm watching the WCC Championship. What what conference is that? You guys know? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't tell you. It's, I, it's, it's, so it's the Gonzaga game. They're playing BYU in the championship, and uh, Gonzaga's currently losing by seven with eight minutes left to play. Sixty-eight, sixty-one. Uh, so obviously the score will be, uh, the champion will be crowned in that conference. But I've been sitting here for this whole podcast trying to wonder what, what WCC means. And they have it nowhere posted uh, 
anywhere on the floor or anything. It's very confusing. Um, but that's something to keep an eye on. Gonzaga, um, they're, they're still, no matter what, the best team in the country as they speak, no matter if they lose or not. But It's the West Coast Conference. What, okay, West Coast Conference. Thank you. I mean, it's March, folks. It's about to get crazy. I'm so excited. Um, this is going to be a huge March, man, especially considering that we didn't have one last year. Right, yeah. Um, I think with uh, bracket selection comes out or all that this, stuff comes out Sunday. Oh, yeah, the fourth. No, not fourth. It's it's not this coming, so we're recording. No, it is this Sunday, yeah, is it? it? It's selection Sunday. Yeah. It's Sunday. Yeah. So let us know. Do you guys want us to do a full bracket podcast where we go through with our picks? What do you guys want to do? We want to do some content with March Madness. We That'd love it. Sick. I know you yeah. guys love it. Um, so let us know like what kind of content you want to see with that. I think we'll all do a bracket. Um, and if you guys you guys want to show us your brackets too, for sure, we want to see that stuff. So it's yeah. it, March Madness is here, folks. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Brando. Yeah, I mean, just shit. It's great to see. Mar- it's just March Madness is the beginning of summer. Right after March Madness, we got what? A month until usually the 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 championship game for March Madness is during the White Sox home opener. So I don't know if they line up again this year, but that's usually the case. So March Madness leads into baseball. Baseball leads into summer. It's just shit's getting good and stuff's starting to turn around. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't be more excited. I kind of want to jump back to that Michigan game. I remember talking to me and my, my family group chat, my dad, my brother, my mom. We were all talking about it, and I immediately said, you know, I think Michigan's the one. I just didn't see a U of I coming, coming away with this, and I made that judgment call before I even knew about Io not being able to play. I watched that entire game. I sat down and watched the entire game, and my biggest takeaway from that entire game was, was Dickerson and Wagner, the two big men for Michigan, had combined eight points. Kofi and, and Georgie, whatever that foreign dude's name is for you guys, locked those dudes down. And if you can lock down those lock down those two big men for Michigan, they really I mean they're good, but they run through their big men, and they that's it was an awesome game to watch. Um, Curbelo stepped up big time with Io being out, awesome to watch too. So I mean this like I said I'm an ISU guy, I'm a Xavier guy too. Xavier's they're currently one of the four bubble teams making in the brackets. So they'll have to make a little bit of a, a run for it in the Big East tourney coming up. ISU uh, got knocked out of the playing game for the Missouri Valley tournament, so we will not be seeing ourselves in that tournament. But Loyola did win the MVC, which is cool to see because me and Brandon do have a high school um, uh, student we went to high school with who is uh, – well, he did win a couple awards for Loyola this year in the Missouri Valley. Yes, he did. He'll find his way into the tournament. But, I mean, U of I, man, it's, it's fucking awesome to watch. You know, Grant, I was – I don't remember that 2005 team. But it's it's crazy to watch. I'm awesome. I'm very excited to watch it. And I mean, like this this Big Ten tournament. We've been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Anybody can win. I mean, I you if you tell me that hey, a team like I don't know, if you would have told me in the beginning of the season that Ohio State has a chance of winning the Big Ten tournament and they were going to be a top ten team in the, in the NCAA tournament in the NCAA rankings, oh yeah, go pound sand. There's no way. And look at it now. I mean, it's a great season. You couldn't ask for anything better, and this is exactly what the Big Ten needs. Granted, you know, we look at the scuffs in the uh, season last year with football and all the stuff with Ohio State not should not being able to win and all that stuff. A lot of negative light around the Big Ten. 
Dude, the Big Ten is powerhouse bass right now. It's exactly the publicity they need. And I can't wait for this this uh, election Sunday. I can't wait for the Big Ten tourney. I can't wait to see how the ACC tourney plays out. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I mean, it's March is here. We're going to get into the, the tournaments and all that good stuff. And then we're going to roll right into baseball season. Good vibes only when it comes to when it comes to March, man. 1,000%. So that does it for this episode of the CloudGate Sports Podcast. As always, make sure to check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And to listen uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasting needs. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace out. Austin Jackson back, looks up, you can put it on the board, yeah! Taves center for Kane, he scores! Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Taves! The dynamic duo comes through in overtime! Hawk wins! Looking, finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away! Fifteen to the twenty, breaks free to the twenty-five to the thirty to the outside forty. Mid-